Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Music there from the Whitehorse Guitar Club in Balancholic. And during the week, we chatted to a few of their members about a completely different project. Because in lockdown, one of the things which has been keeping us all going is music. It's incredible how many of our singers and musicians have been doing free benefits online, raising money for everyone and anyone but themselves, and doing it to help the community and keeping people's spirits up. And it's obvious why. Music just speaks to our souls and our spirits. And when we're low, it lifts us up. So Music in the Community, known as MIC or Mike, is a group which has been doing something similar with a few years, reaching out to share music with those who are, for various reasons, unable to get out themselves. And in this lockdown, they are still managing to do it. I saw a gorgeous black and white photo the other day of Magella Culla and Joe Philpot from Ruby Horse performing in the courtyard of Marymount Hospice. And I was amazed at how they were doing such a great job while observing social distancing. And they had a rehearsal on Friday for another gig in Marymount, having set the whole thing up two metres apart. And because I couldn't join them, Adrian Omani brought his microphone and I chatted to them on a Zoom call with Joe Philpot and Magella Culla. Joe, the way music and community is working now is vastly different to what you would ordinarily be doing. But a lot of people still haven't heard of this movement. So tell us about it first. Well, originally the whole idea was about getting music into places within the community that can't access music for whatever reason. You know, be it a health reason, economic, social, whatever it is. And that was all very much under the kind of conventional roof of going to gigs in a normal way. Obviously, this thing has spun turned everything upside down in its head and in some ways it's kind of made the whole concept almost even a bit more relevant. Now it's taken us a good few weeks to figure out how we can reignite the philosophy of music and community which is you know bringing music and shining a musical light on the corners of the community that can't actually reach it. Now we're all that right now (laughs) you know everybody is kind of in a position where they can't access culture in the way that they're used to. I think people really don't know where this is heading in terms of performance and and all that. But with the Marymount situation, what was fantastic for us, they just reached out to us and said, look, with the the lifting of the first, I I guess, batch of restrictions where we could actually go to Marymount and set up in the courtyard and play outside and obviously a huge social distance between us and and the patients and the staff. So it is outside. People are coming out to the balconies to watch us and are coming out with their carers and are at huge distance away from us. I mean, it's like, you know, you're talking... 20 or 30 feet, the nearest person to us. We're about, two, you know, the two metres apart and we're practising all the best practice that we can in the, in the situation. But what's really interesting too is it's not only for 
the patients who are the priority, it's up for the, ourselves and the staff as well, the amount of emotional well-being it's giving us as musicians to be able to actually perform and not have to rely on a, you know, a device to, to do it, to actually be playing with other musicians in a very organic way again is hugely important. And also I think the staff are getting a good lift. Uh, you'll be talking to Magella in a while. Magella obviously is, is, is a huge add-on to this and having her involved in Mike for this particular project and indeed the Westgate project as well is, you know, it's a magnificent experience. Even a, I'd, I'd go as far as say it's a cultural experience for, for people, you know, and in this situation, in this lockdown situation, that's worth its weight in gold because I think we're all under so many restrictions. Sometimes the art of what you're doing for one to, without sending too OTT about it, it, it suffers a bit, you know. Completely. I found it personally very challenging to figure out what you can do as, as an artist in this situation, you know, and actually working with Mike now in this situation and working in, in a very authentic way, just as you would, musicians playing with each other. I mean, there's Aoife Donovan, the flautist as well, and there's Adrian and myself from the Guitar Club, and, and of course then the add-on of, of Magella for this setting is, I mean, it's really, it's a, it's a great, great thing to be doing, you know. So for yourselves as musicians, like you said, to have a kind of an organic and natural collaboration is great because mm. society, so much in society has locked down. We can't let our minds and the different things that elevate our spirits also become locked down. And we have to seek out as many ways as possible for those sort of things to be still made wholesome in our lives. And especially, like you said, for these communities in various foundations or nursing homes and places like Marymount. God, it must be you know shocking to be cut off from everything Otherwise, so this is tremendous that you went in and you've you've been there already. What was it like setting up in the courtyard? Well, I suppose we had been running a programme in there that actually we had the privilege to be allowed in to do bedside music interventions in the actual wards of Marymount. My own dad passed away five years ago in there. When I was in there, I just realised what they do is just so incredible. And I thought it would be a great thing to be able to allow access to music, you know. Obviously, that took a long period of time and a huge building of trust and a partnership between ourselves and the Marymount staff to actually create that. Initially, we started doing concerts in the hallway in the foyer on a Sunday. And we gradually built from that then to actually go and do actual bedside performances, if you want to call them that, which they're not really when I think about it, because, I mean, they're very sensitive to the obvious situation that's there, you know. I mean, for example, you could be asked by a family to come in and play a tune or a song while their, their loved one is actually passing away. Now, that in itself is, is just to be in that environment while that's happening is, is, is such a privilege and, and an honour and, a, and a, a show of trust, I suppose. But they, the families would be hearing us kind of floating around the hallways and they'd be getting a sense of what we're doing. And then, you know, a, a loved one might come up and say, look, you know, a family member might come up and say to us, look, my dad loved whatever song. Could you come down and play it for him? You know, and we would. And, we, and then you'd end up going in and adding one more memory to the situation, I suppose, is our goal. And to do it as sensitively and as, uh, you know, and, and with a sense of quality about it, if we can, you know, if we can make it the best musical performance we can give to that person in, in, that, in that situation, that's, that's our priority. So, yeah, so we had been there working for a good few years, I suppose, doing that for about two or three years now. And then this courtyard thing came about. They actually contacted Adrian directly and said, look, you know, we're, we're able to kind of manoeuvre now somewhat, uh, albeit in a safe way. And obviously with the weather being so nice, 
you know, the courtyard performances now where the music just kind of seeps into the building and seeps into the rooms. Like we work, we work with elderly care there as well. It's not just the palliative care side of it. The last two or three weeks now have been in the elderly care side. So we're switching over now next week to the palliative care side in the courtyard over there. So it's quite, quite an experience. But like, you know, ultimately, all of this is going to unfold in a way, I think it's, come, it's going to come down to choice. What's going to happen, I think, is once we have clear guidelines and clear health and safety guidelines, even in terms, not just in terms of working in healthcare settings, but, it, but working as musicians again and have, holding concerts. Everyone's asking, like, where is it going? Is it going to be drive-through concerts? I, I think it's all going to eventually become, people are just going to make their own choices and they're going to say, there's a gig on tonight somewhere, I'm going to go. You know, the, obviously the venues will be set up in a way that provides, uh, you know, as, as much kind of safety as, as possible and capacities may be slightly reduced, but I think it's just ultimately going to end up back to some way the way we, 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 we were used to things, you know. And hopefully before too long. Yeah, that's true. Come here, throw Magella on there, Soul. We'll have a chat with Magella and see how she's getting on with the music and community. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, no bother. Magella, first of all, it's great to see you. Great to see you, Elmarie. We've sent each other a couple of video messages and I think you were one of the first people that we video messaged in like week one of lockdown and you were sending us a message singing from your house. (laughs) And it's so wonderful to see that music and singing is still part of every day and that hasn't stopped. That's the main thing. Well, it's really thanks to this because I kind of wasn't singing and I was neglecting my voice, really, initially. So when the music and community started up again, that kind of forced me to start warming up and start singing songs. And I rehearsed with the lads. And so it's been a blessing because I was starting to, you know, crumble. All right, my poor la voce was disappearing, Elmarie. Well, it's back in full throttle. Is this your first year being involved with the music and community team? Yes, I met Adrian Omani at some rehearsal or other and I did say to him, look, I know you're involved in community music making and I'm, I'm definitely interested if you, if you ever need a voice, just count on me and, and give me a call, which he did. And so in September, we started visiting Westgate Nursing Home in Ballancolig and Marymount Hospice as well. After our sessions, people would say, thank you so much. And I, I kept repeating, which I uh, came from the heart, that I was getting more out of this than anybody else. Because seeing the pleasure and the, the twinkly eyes from people's faces when you'd sing and perform, they were just, they were loving it. They were obviously having the time of their lives, either singing along to the music or just swaying or just deeply listening. As an artist, that's, it's a beautiful thing to feel that, that an audience is being receptive and that it's kind of making a difference as well. But it was interesting, the different kind of gear change between singing to people who were coming in for daycare, mm-hmm. um, who were dancing and singing along and very energetic, and then singing for people who were obviously very, very ill, but who were still appreciating the music and enjoying it very much. And then the experience in the palliative care ward, when you were singing to people who were basically at end of life, and sometimes it, it did... I, I I was proud of myself, really, that I, I kind of was able to hold it together and I was able to put it in a little box that because you were aware that sometimes you were singing to people and you were going to be the last voice that they were going to hear singing 
or people's favourite songs that we we all do our best if we have a request to facilitate that request and and between between Aoife and Joe, Adrian and myself we have a fair breadth of repertoire. Sometimes that was hard though but so extremely worthwhile and 200% a privilege to be doing something like that. So Tell me what happens, like put us in the picture. A lot of people like myself would know what it's like to be in Marymount and how beautiful a place it actually is. So talk us through what it feels like to be setting up in the courtyard there. Well, it's kind of cool because it is a a state of the art building and a very beautiful place. And the staff are extraordinary there. And so they they just bring everybody in so far as they can onto the various balconies because it's sort of a three-tier building. What I found kind of amazing was on the lower ground, they were able to open the patio doors and push the beds out into wow. the fresh air as well. And so there were other people who were more able-bodied who were able to kind of come further out yeah. into the garden and sit at chairs and tables. And so you sort of had, there were kind of people everywhere in the more jaunty numbers, you know, the staff were dancing around the place and we've had a couple of birthdays, including a hundredth birthday, and we were able to sing to them. And so there's just a lovely atmosphere and because the lads there, they're the, the technical, our technical people look after the sound and the equipment. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that side of things. I just have to remember my words or put my words up in front of me. And, but we are, we're cognizant of the fact that we're not in a room all together and, you know, people aren't getting up dancing or, you know, we, so we were very careful about the set list that we had and the repertoire that we chose, that it was going to be suitable for that kind of ambiance because there is a distance between us and the audience. So we wanted to give them as much variety as possible. And this is another thing that's cool for me because I basically sing everything from Puccini to the Carpenters and everything in between. I mean, our new song last week was Dolly Parton's Jolene, which um, I sang with gusto. And it's been said on a few times, well, number one, you know, you have the best quality musicians and a singer who's not to be sniffed at. Then you have all this variety as well because of all our various experiences. You know, I think more and more movements like this are needed outside this period of confinement or whatever. And I'm not sure exactly how it truly, truly started, whether it did. Maybe Joe might tell us, did it begin with the White Horse Guitar Club? Was that initially how it all kicked off? Yeah, it was actually Joe Carey from the White Horse, Adrian O'Malley, who you know, Mm. and myself, all members of the Guitar Club. We kind of had this idea collectively I suppose initially that we just wanted to start something that brought musicians primarily that were coming through the White Horse to kind of work in the community Mm. while they were sort of hanging around in the Oriel House doing nothing you know (laughs) and as musicians love to do so and get get people involved in kind of more more kind of face-to-face kind of interactive community-based projects that led into that festival the music and community festival that we did in the regional park I think there was like 10 15,000 people showed up to it and you know out of that then we, we kind of really decided that we wanted to kind of focus more on, on, on groups that were more possibly more vulnerable. Organisations like Headway, obviously the Westgate Foundation, Bowen Colleague with the Elderly. We are also involved in music education programmes through Music Generation in Cork and also then just the uh, obvious one that we're talking about this morning, the Marymount Hospice and other healthcare settings actually. So it was born out of a conversation, like in a pub, like all great things. When you can get back into them. When we can go back in. And when we can have the whole guitar club together 
again, that's a conversation for another day. I think maybe you might be able to manage four or five at a time fairly soon. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're chomping at the bit to get back. Really looking forward to, to the opportunity to play music in a normal, non-restricted, non-Zoom-like <laughs> situation again. Yeah, bring it on. Joe, thanks a million.